Good morning, people of God. What a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen? Amen. Even a warm weekend. Woo! Way too warm for December. <laughs> I had to break out my flip-flops and shorts again. It was awful. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us, and uh, welcome to everyone else as well. And for those of you joining us online, uh, it's just a blessing. Once again, uh, when you consider all that's going on in the world, that we have a place that we can gather together as sisters and brothers and uh, just worship our God together. Amen? Amen. What a blessing. Uh, for those of you joining us online, we will be having Holy Communion later, so we invite you to grab some uh, bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession. A couple quick announcements for this morning. We had our annual cookie walk, our cookie sales yesterday, and we have some leftovers. And so, if you would like to uh, purchase some uh, homemade cookies on your way out today, there are, I think, one pound and two pound boxes. And again, 100% of the proceeds go toward helping create more quilts to send for people uh, like disaster relief and things like that. So it, it's all for good reason. So you get cookies and people get warmth. It's a win-win. See? Uh, huge, huge thank you to our children's drama team leaders, especially Eric and Tracy Wells, and everyone who helped make last Sunday's kids Christmas play happen. It was amazing. The kids do such a great job. So if you missed that, you missed it. And uh, don't miss it next year, because they keep coming back with more and more kids, and it's awesome. So, uh, Actually, and again, I'm sorry, but if you missed it, you can really view it online. And it's really worth watching, really. Yes, but you have to be there next year, too. But you do. (laughs) Because it's much better in person. Way to let them off the hook, Mark. Jeez. (laughs) Um, For the Lighthouse Outreach, all those uh, Christmas bags that were around the tree a couple of weeks ago, those are due today. So please be sure to get them in ASAP. Uh, Also... A week from tomorrow, December 18th, Monday night at 7 p.m., we will be having what we call a Blue Christmas worship experience. Uh, It's a worship dedicated to acknowledging that life is hard due to many reasons, whether uh, a life transition or the loss of a loved one or you name it. It's an intentional service of support and love. Uh, there's a lot going on for that day. There's even uh, um, a social worker who's going to be coming in to, to share uh, um, with counseling and just, you know, some grief support as well before the service. So we'll be, it, it, there's a lot going on. Check out your uh, announcements for all that's coming with that. Uh, and even if you aren't experiencing any hardships, uh, come and support and lift up those who are. What a great opportunity for us to love on each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. With that, uh, we continue with our Advent candle reading. Our lists are long, even in this strange mess where we live these days. And we want to do it right. We want to be safe, but we want to be able to enjoy the season. We've got work to do to put right what has gone wrong, to heal what is broken, to mend the relationships and to prepare for the company that will come. The prophet Isaiah reminds us that there is work to be done. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. When God comes in, then healing is to be found. But we're invited to make the way. 
we're invited to open the door for there to be peace in our lives. So today, we light this second candle as a sign of the peace we long to experience through Jesus. Peace in our hearts, peace in the lives of those around us, peace throughout the world. Let this light open the possibility of God's peace in and through us. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Before we jump into our opening song of praise, I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. Amen. Let's pray. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord God, and open our ears to the words of your prophets, that anointed by your spirit, we may testify to your light that we might experience your peace today. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we began this season called Advent, a four-week period of time to connect with ourselves and with our God on a deeper level, to prepare for what the coming of Jesus means in our lives. Each week, we light another candle in our Advent wreath as we get closer and closer to the birth of Jesus, and each week, each candle gives us another theme, a new one each time along the way. Last week, our theme was hope. We talked about how hope in the Bible isn't uh, based on our circumstances, it's based on a person, Jesus. And that's very important, because even when things aren't looking better, even in the midst of our darkest moments, there is still hope. Do you hear that, people? Even if we're 100% certain that things are not going to work out, there is still hope through Jesus because with our God, is anything impossible? No, not a single thing. So no matter what's happening in your life or in the life of someone near you, never give up hope. That was our message last week because there is always hope found in the coming of Jesus into our lives and into this world. Amen? Amen. 
This week we get a new theme, along with our new candle, and that is peace. Once again, we're going to read from uh, the prophet Isaiah throughout this season of Advent, so I invite you to follow along on the screen. We're starting in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. And when the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up and do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now again, just a a brief history lesson here. So at this point in the book of Isaiah, again, most of this was written around 700 BC. So a long, long time ago. And at this particular time, God's people, the Israelites were held captive by the Babylonians. They were slaves again. And so here Isaiah is reminding God's people, hey, heads up, make straight paths, because God is coming. God is coming, and he's bringing peace. Comfort, oh comfort, my people. The word peace is uh, a common word, I think, in most languages. When people typically speak about peace, uh, like peace treaties or or times of peace, we usually think of like a ceasefire, don't we? Like we pray for peace in Gaza right now, for there to be uh, the absence of war is typically how we envision peace. And in the Bible, the word peace most certainly refers to a time when there is no fighting. But it can also mean something more. It also points to the presence of something better in its place. So not just the absence of something, but the presence of something else that is much better. In the Old Testament, the the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Everyone say shalom. And we're like, finally, a Hebrew word we know, right? (laughs) And in the New Testament, the Greek word for peace is irene. Everyone say irene. That's where we get the name Irene from, right? It means peace. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. That's what shalom means. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. 
It can refer to a a completed wall that has no gaps or missing bricks. Shalom can also refer to something that is complex with, with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness or wholeness. Okay, so nod your heads, you're with me so far? Okay, shalom means wholeness or completeness. So examples in the Bible uh, are like when Job okay, was talking about uh, his tents, all of his property, all of his stuff are in a state of shalom. Okay, everything was where it was supposed to be, it was complete and whole in a state of shalomness. And shalom can also refer to a person's well-being. So David shows up to me with his brothers uh, on the battlefield and he asks them about their shalom. How is your shalom? How is the peace within you? Are you feeling whole? Even though they were about to go to war. So the core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when something is out of alignment, right? When something feels like it's missing, what happens? Your shalomness breaks down, right? You felt that before? When things don't feel right, you feel like you're missing the piece of a puzzle or, or if you're fragmented or, or incomplete, that life is no longer whole and it needs to be restored so that you can experience shalom. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. You can bring shalom to something or to someone. So in the book of 1 Kings, in the Old Testament, King Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. So you can bring shalomness to something. Or if your animal accidentally damaged your neighbor's property, you could bring your neighbor shalom by repairing what had been damaged. So you see that word peace has a lot more to it than just the absence of war. Well, the same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. When rival kings would make shalom in the Bible, it didn't just mean they were going to stop fighting. It also meant now they were going to start working for the betterment of each other. The state of shalom is what what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. In the midst of it, you get someone like Isaiah, one of the major prophets, who's looking forward to a future king, a future time of shalomness, someone who will bring shalom. And this Prince of Peace that we talk about throughout, uh, especially Christmas time, right, is what Isaiah's hope and yearning is for that there will be someone that comes along, the Messiah, who will bring completeness to the world and to every individual person. And yet this is another reason why the coming of Jesus was and is so very important. He is the bringer of peace. And not just the absence of fighting, but the peace that restores and brings wholeness. And so maybe by now, you're thinking, okay, Pastor Dave, that's great. Thanks for the lesson on on shalom and and peace. What does it have to do with me? Well, I wasn't going to ask for hands on this, but the more I thought about it, I think sometimes we need to see that we're not alone. So here's what I'm going to do. By show of hands this morning, how many of you either feel right now or have felt recently that a part of your life feels off or broken or missing. Raise your hand. 
and raise them high. Because I think sometimes we kind of go, but now look around. Keep those hands up. Look around at each other. This is why this is important. Because you need to see that you are not alone. Boy, we get that worked up in our brains, don't we? That I must be the only person who's messed up. That, oh, I am broken and everyone else seems like they have everything together. And that voice speaks in our head that all of a sudden we're deficient, that we are not norm. I need us to see those hands raising high to, for us to realize the norm is for there to not be peace in our hearts. That's what is normal. So now, everyone take a real deep breath with me. Because I got some good news to share in the midst of your incompleteness. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to read from the first Christmas story where the angels make this announcement of Jesus coming into the world. And this is what they sing. They sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Not just the absence of war, but Jesus is bringing something. When Jesus shows up, he brings peace. Or as the Greek put it, irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer peace to others. Like when he said to his disciples, so this is after the crucifixion, and the disciples are cowering in fear in that upper room with the doors locked and the windows pulled. The first words that Jesus says are, Peace! be with you. And that is not him saying, yo, peace. How you doing? That is not saying peace. You should stop fighting. That is saying peace. I come to bring you wholeness again. I come to make you complete. And just as Jesus came to his disciples and to his loved ones all those years ago, he comes to you today. You need to hear these words because I saw every hand in this room with their hand up or every person with their hand uh, raised. In the midst of your feeling broken or that you're missing something or that you don't feel complete, Jesus comes for you today to say, I bring you my peace. That hit me in my prayers yesterday. So yesterday morning, I'm down in the basement, and uh, the boys are upstairs. They kind of have free range at the time, and the, the, the floorboards of our main floor to the basement, I don't know, I don't know if they're hollow, or are they like, they, they, I think there's some kind of echo chamber where it just makes everything louder. So if I hear someone walk by, it's like, boom, 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 right? In the midst of this, I'm trying to write my sermon, and I'm going, okay, God, if I could just have a moment of peace. And then I'm thinking about how everything's going in life and how, oh my gosh, it's almost Christmas and, and all this is going on with the kids and, and you know, with marriage and, and everything in life is just chaotic. And in the midst of that, I prayed for peace. And I got to tell you, I can't even explain it. It's, I had this feeling of like liquid glue kind of oozing into all the cracks. Like that self-leveling agent that you pour over a, a, a floor that's kind of slanted and it kind of, it makes everything smooth and even. 
that's what that prayer felt like. The Holy Spirit just kind of filled in all those inadequacies, all those places where I just felt like I wasn't enough or whatever. And it's just kind of like flattened them all out. And I experienced peace on a whole different level. It wasn't about there not being chaos. The kids were still storming upstairs, having a great old time, making a lot of noise. And yet there was peace. It felt whole. And that became my prayer for all of you before you even came today. For those of you even watching online, that you might experience that kind of peace. It doesn't mean that all the chaos in your life is going to go away, but in the midst of it, Jesus comes to bring you wholeness and completeness. And while we're on this Advent journey together, instead of you and I waiting to turn to Jesus as a last resort, how about we turn to Jesus first? Amen? That's a novel idea. To lift up our brokenness, our feelings of inadequacies, our incompleteness, and to stop hiding it. And to turn to Jesus and ask for that shalom, for that irene, for that peace. That's beyond asking for the struggles and bad things to stop. It's a peace that points to the presence of something better in its place. So my prayer for you today is that you experience peace. Even right now in this moment, maybe some of you, your minds are flying, but all the stuff that you've got to do or all the things that that aren't going to happen or all the ways that you are a failure, whatever that looks like, have peace in this moment. Because our God favors you. And because our God favors you, everything is going to be okay. Even if we feel broken, God has a way of making that Holy Spirit really sticky and glue those pieces together. And what's more, dear ones, not only are you called to experience that peace today, you are called to be bringers of this kind of peace outside of these walls. Heck, maybe even to someone else in this room before you leave today. In nearly all of his letters to the early Christian churches, the Apostle Paul instructed, even demanded, that the local churches keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with one another in love, not just to stop fighting, but to work for the benefit of others. That's what peace is. It takes a lot of work because it's so much more than just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and helping to put it back together again, to restore it to wholeness. So that's what you and I are called into today, sisters and brothers and dear ones. Not only to know that Jesus comes so that we might experience a taste of this peace, but also that you and I are now the hands and feet of Christ, the voice of Christ, the the huggers of Christ to bring peace to others. So just as Jesus comes to bring peace and wholeness to you, may you be moved to want to work for the benefit of others and bring peace to them as well. Amen? Let's pray.
Oh, Heavenly Father, we cannot thank you enough for the gift of today. Not only for this uh, beautiful December morning, for the ability to gather together as a family of faith, whether it's our first time or we've always been here. Lord, you brought us here to hear this message so that we might experience a taste of your peace in our lives and also be encouraged to share that with someone else this week. May you send the Spirit to comfort us, to remind us that there is always a future and a hope with you, and that in the midst of our greatest storms in life, you can still be the bringer of peace. May that be our experience today and every day to come. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. With hope and expectation, we now offer our prayers for the church, for the world, and for all who await God's day of restoration. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, Merciful God, please respond with, receive our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, fill our mouths with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy as we bear witness to the great things you have done. Give your church a spirit of gladness as we gather and as we are sent. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Let the trees of the field sing your praise. Protect forests, orchards, rainforests, and all wooded areas from disease and deforestation. Keep us grateful for their gifts of oxygen, food, shade, and shelter. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You love justice and promise your favor to those who are oppressed, brokenhearted, and incarcerated. Grant wisdom and compassion to those who work for public safety and for all who work within prisons, jails, and courts, that mercy may increase and violence wither away. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Give us strength to pray for our world without ceasing and push us toward love and good deeds for all who are in need. Lord, we also take this time right now to lift up to you our loved ones or people on our hearts today, trusting them to your care. We either say their name out loud or in our hearts. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week, to confess those times when we failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. And we use these words together. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, 
open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. It's a taste of that peace right there. This time, uh, I invite you to take out your communion kits for those of you communing from your seats. Also, for those, for those of you at home, to take out your bread and wine or juice at this time. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Soon the ushers will come down the aisles and invite you to come forward for communion. If you haven't done it here yet, you're going to come to the first person who's going to share the body of Christ with you, and then you'll move to the next person who will share the blood of Christ with you. Uh, with the wine, that is the red color are on the outside, and the white is grape juice. Uh, and then as you continue to consume both, we invite you to go back around the outsides and deposit your cups in the baskets there. Uh, we also have a gluten-free wafer. If you uh, require that, just kind of flag me down and I'll find you. Uh, and then also any children can also come forward to receive a blessing. We love giving blessings too. Now for those of you either at home or communing from your seats, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you. Amen. For the rest of us, come for all is ready. I invite the deacons to come forward. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day. Bring your heart and your soul peace. Amen. <laughs> and keep you always in grace. We got to plan those better. Even the keyboard was excited. <laughs> Even the keyboard wants a little peace. All right. May you now receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand one final time as you are able. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.